19-year-old Dylan Rounds has been missing since Saturday, May 28, 2022. A few days after his disappearance, a person called up Dylan's mom, Candace, and this was before the media knew that Dylan was missing. Was this to control a narrative? Was this attention-seeking? When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Or is there something more sinister? It's odd. In my last video, we talked about strange signs of foul play. We talked about what we knew so far in the case and also the timeline. In today's video, I'm going to talk about this phone call. So now, let's get into it. Nothing about Dylan Round's case makes sense. Here we have a young 19-year-old farmer. It's his dream to farm. And he's so excited because his crops are finally growing. And people told him he could never accomplish it. This was his dream, and yet suddenly he disappears. Just days before his disappearance, there's a barefoot hitchhiker who approaches Dylan to use his phone and also hitch a ride, which Dylan gives him a ride. Dylan's boots were then found with a drop of blood on them. And they were found five miles away from where he lives in Lucin, Utah. And these boots were found behind a dirt pile where his seed truck is and also his farm. Now he last said to his grandma that, hey, I gotta call you back. It was 6.51 a.m. on Saturday morning. Gotta call you back. I gotta make sure my seed doesn't get wet. She never gets a phone call back. Dylan's truck was found at his camper and it was pressure washed. It was raining the day of his disappearance. And when it was found Monday at his camper, everything was washed, including the tires, but not the wheel wells. Dylan's truck was also in four low gear, which was not known to work. His truck seat was pulled right up as if someone short was also driving it. No tracks were found around the truck, which was very odd. It's as if he didn't even drive it, and maybe he didn't. But the biggest part of this case is that Dylan's family's having a heck of a time trying to get the authorities to investigate this case. The question is why? Now, as of the time of this recording, it's my understanding that EquiSearch is now involved and also the FBI. But this also sounds so much like the Justin Evans case that I've been covering in the last year and a half, where a young man goes missing, there's evidence of foul play, and authorities take extra measures not to follow protocol. I'll have that case at the end of this video or also in the description box below. Let's get into the phone call. On Monday, May 30th, two days after Dylan's disappearance, Candace gets a phone call from Dylan's friend saying, hey, have you seen or heard from Dylan? She says, no, the family figures out that, hmm, something must not be right. No one has heard from Dylan. Something must be wrong. So Candace calls Dylan in missing, search and rescue come, that's where they find the boots. On Tuesday, May 31st, day two of the search, Candace gets a phone call from someone else. It's from a guy named Kurt or Kirk, 
and he worked for Dylan and also is said to be the owner of the Saddle Sword Bar in Montello, Nevada. I mentioned that in my last video. That's where Dylan was last seen publicly, which was on the 26th Thursday, and he was at this bar. This is where he goes to get food. It's one of two restaurants. So Candace is told by this Kurt or Kurt guy that Dylan has been abducted, and the guy says that he knows exactly where he's at and that he's with this barefoot hitchhiker named Chase and also some other guy. And he says that, you know, he may or may not be alive and they're beating him. Kurt also says that he's watching the place where Dylan is and he knows that they have Dylan. So Candace and her family said they hauled butt to Montello and Dylan's dad, Justin, calls the detectives in Utah three times. And they said, you have to call Nevada because Montello's in Nevada, you can't call us blah 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 and Justin says if you guys aren't gonna handle it I'm gonna take things and matters in my own hands that's when Candace makes a 911 call saying Dylan is being held hostage we need somebody there right now and Candace had already made a missing persons report but Utah never told other law enforcement so when Candace makes the call in that 911 call they have no idea what's going on about a missing person so six officers were sent. They go to this house of this other guy, not the barefoot guy. They go through his house. They go through his property and everything. Dylan is nowhere to be found. Candace said she talked to Kurt a few times. He lied. He also lied about the date when he last saw Dylan at his bar. There was confusion because we heard in different interviews, it was Thursday the 26th, Friday the 27th, and it was conflicting. Law enforcement ends up putting out a press release and says, no, it was in fact Thursday the 26th. Candace says that this Kurt guy said, no, it was the 27th that we saw him. But that's turning out to not be true. And it was confirmed that it was Thursday through a bank transaction. And there haven't been bank transactions or anything since. That call had so many discrepancies. Why is that? Why lie? Now, while I was researching, I came across some really interesting information. It was from a book that was written, granted, it was written in 2008, quite some time ago. However, it was about a guy traveling in the area and he ended up at the Saddle Sore Bar. And he talked about the patrons there and the workers and he was looking for something called sun tunnels, I believe it was, in the area. I remember I said that Candace was having a heck of a time for authorities to help out. In fact, it was so frustrating. I could see her visibly frustrated in other interviews. And she was saying that they weren't investigating anything. They weren't asking people questions. They didn't grab the truck and investigate that. There was all kinds of you know, lazy, lazy things happening, let's just say. But this here in this book gave a little excerpt and I found this interesting. It could be something, could be nothing. But here's what it says. In it, he's talking about a bartender there and some patrons. He says, about that time, the tiny bartender's replacement came in. His nickname was Maurice. And though he was tending bar on a Thursday night, his real job was a chief of police of Wendover, the casino town on the Utah-Nevada border. 
Maurice was born and raised in Montello and still worked the bar for fun. He said he was 54, but I thought he looked much older. A weathered face, balding, a sparse mustache, and ears that stood out comically. Here's where it gets even more interesting. It says, Maurice continued to talk, despite spending most of his time in Wendover because of his job. Maurice remains committed to Montello, past and present. He is the town's historian. As a policeman, he was required to attend conferences and legislative sessions in Carson City and Reno, which he had done with glee when he was younger, taking the opportunity to raise hell. But as he got older, he said raising hell had started to seem like a waste of time. So instead of hitting the casinos and glitzy bars, Maurice started using these trips to better understand his history, going to state libraries and archives when not attending sessions. This book is called Spiral Jetta, a road trip through the land art of the American West. I'll have that link in the, in the description box below. But I thought that, okay, two things here. Number one, He's kind of a historian and he was or maybe is the chief of police. That's quite a few years ago, I'm guessing he's retired. But he would know a lot of history of the area and maybe he'd be a really good resource. The other thing I'm thinking, and let me know in the comments below, he's the chief of police at the time and he would know contacts because he worked at Saddle Sore for fun. So does this Kurt guy know the chief of police, Maurice, or how is this spreading? It is a small town, but you know what I'm saying? This is very interesting because in this Justin Evans case, there's a lot of connections to the authorities. And I start to wonder, is somebody covering for somebody? So just a thought, let me know your thoughts below. If anything, perhaps Maurice can have his expertise and help in this investigation. Now let's run through the so far's. So far we have Wednesday, the barefoot hitchhiker comes into the picture. Thursday, Dylan's at that bar. Friday, we don't really know about the timeline. Saturday, that's when Dylan goes missing. In the morning, he talks to his grandma and in the afternoon, his phone actually pings in and around the farm. And then we have the Kurt guy saying that he knows where Dylan is. He's been beaten up by the hitchhiker and some other guy. And that has been proven false. So as Kurt is pushing for Dylan to be in Montello, so is another worker named Don. And it's said that Don's the one who was first on scene looking for Dylan and checking in on him. Don was also fired three or four weeks before Dylan went missing. Now there's more oddities in the case. A gate was locked that Dylan didn't normally lock back at the farm. Dylan didn't usually lock his truck either, yet that was locked. And there was chatter about this barefoot guy, Chase, asking about Dylan around town on Saturday. And it was said, the chatter, that he went to the trailer. So I wonder, what's the source of this chatter? Who's starting this? Chase called Candace and adamantly said, I was not there. I didn't see Dylan. You can look on camera. I'm not sure where that is. You could look on camera and I can prove it. And Chase actually tried calling the cops to clear his name over and over and over. They didn't get back to him. He ends up calling Candace, talks to her, tells her what's going on. Cops end up phoning him back finally. And then he ends up in jail on an unrelated charge. But let's put this in perspective. Here's the bar in Montello. It's about a half an hour away from Lucin, where Dylan lives and where his farm is. Now here's the boots. If Dylan was in Montello, why would his boots be, which is his only boots he wore, at the farm and 100 yards away from the grain truck behind a dirt pile? It sure seems like someone didn't want them to be found. 
or maybe someone did want them to be found but had to put them behind the dirt pile. Let me know your thoughts. Now the dirt pile is actually in the opposite direction of where you go to head to his camper. And also that grain truck is at the farm. Dylan's truck is back at the camper. If Dylan was in such a hurry at 6.51 a.m. talking to his grandma, why wouldn't his truck be back at the farm? Unless Dylan disappeared right when he was coming out talking to his grandma, or he dealt with the farm and went back to his camper, but then why is his boots out there, right? Remember it was raining that morning. Now both workers are pointing to Montello. So my question is who actually saw Dylan last and why the fabricated phone call? Or is there actually some truth to it? Just not the whole truth. Check out my playlist on Dylan Rounds and also check out my Justin Evans case, an investigation botched right from the beginning. And Dylan's dad calls the Utah defect defectives. <laughs> Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big 